0: But I'm laying it all on an altar. I give you every part of me, God. Oh, come on, that's it. He knows what we are, He knows who we are. But He wants to know are you going to give me everything? Are you going to give me all? Are you going to let me work with you? Hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you, Praise Team. I do feel an overflow. This past Sunday in the house, and my what a time. The scripture in Acts talks about times of refreshing, Brother Reyes, that come from the presence of the Lord. And I, I don't I don't know if this was for anybody else but me, but I felt like Sunday that God walked in this place and He just pushed the reset button on some things. He he pushed the button that says We're starting over. Whatever you have behind you, leave it behind you. And it was almost as if he brought that time of refreshing to say, ARC, I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm behind you. I've got your back. I've got your future. I've got you covered. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for the presence of the Lord. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, so very thankful that my in-laws and my sister-in-law and her three children are here with us. Traveled all the way from Bakersfield, or I like to call it Baker's Tucky, all the way to beautiful Carson City to be with us, and so thankful that they are here. Luke chapter number 1, verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. We could preach right there on the power of being sent. Who's sending you? When you're sent from God, that's all you need. The angel was sent to a virgin espoused or engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. The angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. We can answer that with an emphatic amen, that we serve a great God. And shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be? I appreciate your message, but I'm a little confused. How barren. There's a miracle in that right there. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach for the next few moments. I promise to make it a few moments. When God messes with your plans. When God messes with your plans, would you lay your Bibles down, throw your hands in the air, and with your voice raised as loud as you can raise it, ask Almighty God to sweep in this house. God, your word is anointed. God, your people are anointed. God, I'm asking you would anoint these lips of clay. Put your word in my mouth. Put your word in my spirit. God, I don't want to preach my thoughts, my emotions, my fears, or my opinions. But God, let me preach your word and let it minister to somebody. Would you put your hands together and give him a shout of praise before you're seated? Come on, somebody. Come on. God's come with a word for somebody. God's come to let you know everything's going to be all right. God bless you. You may be seated. It is not my intention nor pre-planned to preach the Christmas story because we are in the month of December. But I want to preach this story that is in the Bible from a little different perspective than we typically hear it. There are all kinds of rabbit trails that we could take with this story tonight in discussing the intricate details of this encounter. And Brother Reyes, is in studying for this. I found myself, oh, that's good. That, I, I, man, that, and then you get deeper into that, and pretty soon I'll be up here too long, and Brother Bobo will get up and walk out. But I don't believe that's what God wants tonight. But, and, and to all of you who know this story and you know your Bible, don't shoot me full of holes for preaching this from my little simplistic viewpoint. But we have all heard this story since we were little children. And we could probably all tell it from memory. But I want us to back away from this story and preach from the emotions that no doubt overtook Mary and Joseph. I will take the time to do a quick overview as to paint a picture of the intensity and might I say the bizarreness of the drama that we have read here tonight. Mary and Joseph were a young couple that were engaged to be married. At least we are probably pretty safe to assume they were young based on the age when people were getting married at this time. The Bible does not give us their age, but we can go by history. They were no doubt excited about their future and busy planning the celebration and planning their life together. Doing all that normal couples who are engaged do. And I want to take just a quick second and remind us that each and every person that we read in the Bible, Brother Johnson, they had the same human emotions that you and I do. Sometimes I think it's easy for us to read these stories of these great people and think that they were removed from the human emotion side of it. But I believe that there are some cases in the Bible, and I believe that's why God... And the word shows us their failures. We don't just see their highlight reel like you do on somebody's Instagram. But we're able to see into their failures, their weaknesses, their handicaps, their inadequacies. And I believe that is on purpose so that we don't become overwhelmed when life ends up in our lap a little different than we planned. And it is from this vantage point that I want us to journey through this encounter tonight. The day came when an angel by the name of Gabriel was sent. God sent him to Mary. And he comes bearing a pretty incredible message that no doubt any woman in this house would love to hear from an angel sent by God. Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Now, if the angel would have stopped there, Mary could have went on with her life as she was planning. If the angel would have stopped there, Mary could have continued along with her wedding plans. And nothing in her life would have changed drastically except that she has a word from God by an angel sent from God. How many remember moments in your life when you got a word that you knew it was no doubt from God? Sometimes that's all you can go back to, Brother Ray, is when life gets rough, we go back to a moment at an altar and a word from God. But the angel doesn't stop there. Mary, as we read this and watch this unfold, Mary begins to get a little freaked out, as any of us in this situation would have. The angel goes on by saying, fear not, Mary. Again, for thou hast found favor. She's highly favored. The Lord is with thee. She's blessed. And again he tells her, thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb. Remember, she's engaged. She's promised to marry some man that she has not been with. Thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name, Jesus. Now wait just a minute, Gabriel. And, and right here, this right here is where all the plans stop. This word, this, this, this word from Gabriel is where everything starts to get out of control. And Mary really starts to freak out. And she asked the only relevant question to the angel's message when she asked, How can this be? Seeing I know not a man. And if it wasn't bizarre enough, the story gets more bizarre when the angel says, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Right. Sure. Explain that to my fiancé. Explain that to the community. The angel then tells her, For with God, nothing shall be impossible. It's almost as if that statement is there to kind of help calm Mary's anxieties and fears about what was just dropped in her lap. But realize with me that literally all of her plans, all of her dreams, all of the preparation of a wedding to the love of her life just vanished before her eyes. And now she's consumed with how in the world am I going to break this news to Joseph without him leaving me? How am I going to face my family and community with the stigma of being pregnant out of wedlock? What are those that I look up to and respect going to think of me? How can I explain this one away? And she was no doubt flooded with all kinds of emotions as she is processing this bizarre encounter with the angel Gabriel. What I love about her response is that, in spite of all the emotions, in spite of all the fears, doubts, and anxieties, Mary answers as only a mature person that is more concerned about the will of God than they are the opinions and the chatter. Of men, I'm going to say that again. She answers as only a mature person or Christian that is more concerned about the will of God than the opinions and the chatter of men. And she answers, be it unto me according to thy word. Then without any recorded response in the Bible, at least the angel departs. From her, Put yourself in this young girl's shoes. When the angel leaves, all the talk of high favor and God being with thee and you're blessed, all that is gone. And what consumes her is her fears and emotions of God. How is this going to play out? Her plans, her dreams, have literally been flipped upside down, turned inside out, shook and shattered and left at her feet. Yet, her response tells us why she was chosen to carry the very one that would deliver her and the world. Her response tells us why she was chosen. You see, God couldn't just choose any woman to be married because not every woman could handle God messing with their plans. Not every woman could watch and we're not preaching this at a point of pointing from a place of pointing fingers. We're preaching this from a place of realness tonight. Not every woman could watch the dream that every girl has of having a beautiful wedding vanish before her eyes and have to be okay with accepting the fact that now I will be the talk of the town because I submitted to a word. And when you submit to a word from God, you are submitting to something that you can no longer control. When you submit to a word from God, you are submitting to something you can no longer control. Yes, we're human beings. We're not robots. We can at any point in time, we can mess God's plans up. But when somebody that is very real and hungry and desires to be used of God says, God, here's my life. I give it all to you. You've literally just taken your hands off of controlling your destiny. Mary, you're highly favored of God and you're blessed among women. But can you handle what comes along with the favor of God? Can you handle one moment? I'm going slow on purpose tonight. Can you handle one moment with an angel that turns all your plans and dreams into a memory of what should have been? Mary then leaves this encounter. The Bible tells us that she went to the hills to her cousin Elizabeth's house. This is where my imagination gets a little crazy because I don't read anywhere where she had a conversation with Joseph before she goes to the hills. I'm not saying she didn't. I'm just saying I don't don't find it. Maybe I didn't study enough. She goes to the hills, and she's gone for three months. No cell phone, no Instagram, no FaceTime, no Facebook Messenger, no way of keeping in touch with Joseph. And she comes down the hills, three months pregnant, Probably about like this right here. And no doubt has a very awkward and uncomfortable conversation with Joseph. Imagine trying to explain this one away. God wears my favor now. Remember, we're looking at this tonight through the lens of our human emotions. So imagine how Joseph could have responded. That was me. Bye, Felicia. We are never, ever, ever getting back together again. This no doubt sends Joseph into a tailspin because in their day and age, this was a huge, huge deal. Technically, she could have been and should have been stoned for breaking the covenant. But Joseph, the Bible calls him a just man, was trying to figure out a way, the best way he could to handle this. Because he's looking at a future where perhaps his family would have disowned him. The community could have shunned him, pushed him out. No more part of where you have grown up. And so all these things are are, 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 are turmoiling Joseph, no doubt. He's fixing to commit to a woman that he, he's, they're going to have a baby out of wedlock. And I, I was talking to my father-in-law last night about this and some of the details, and he, he is one of the sharpest men when it comes to the Bible. And he made a statement, and I'm still in it, but I'll give you credit because you're here. He said, I don't think we give Joseph enough credit for what he took on. Go with me to Matthew chapter 1 and let's, let's take a look at Joseph's encounter with an angel. Matthew chapter 1 verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately or he was, he, was, he was ready to divorce her. But while he thought on these things, that's where a lot of us get in troubles when we start thinking. Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. She shall bring. She shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, "Behold, a virgin shall be with child, shall bring forth a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us." Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name, Jesus. Notice verse 20 with me. But while he thought on these things, and I wish the Bible would tell us the details of what brother Joseph was thinking. But I believe we can be safe to assume Some of the thoughts that he had being that we are all humans and we all have some of the same emotions. I find it interesting that while Joseph was thinking, and we all know how powerful the battle of the mind is, but while Joseph was thinking, the angel showed up with a word. It was no doubt all part of God's perfect timing because it's usually right here in the struggle with our thoughts when we are faced with God messing and rearranging our plans it's right here that it's easy for us to lose sight of the will of God because we're faced with something that is extremely overwhelming Joseph what you don't realize is how you handle this will not only affect you but it will affect the entire world world. The weight of the world, brother Joseph, is resting on how you handle this. Just remember just a moment ago we read that the angel tells Joseph that this baby shall save his people from their sins. Not any man could be Joseph. Not any man would be willing to live with the stigma That went along with what God was doing to this young couple. Remember Mary goes to her cousins for three months. She comes back three months pregnant. That leaves six months. Unless she had him early like Carson. A whole month early. That leaves six months with people judging. And looking down their nose at this situation unfold. As they assumed. And it's pretty safe to say what they assumed was probably right. You can't just go around telling your encounter with angels. If you do, you're a weirdo. Sorry. You're not having breakfast with Gabriel every morning. So they couldn't go around posting on Facebook their encounter with Gabriel, Mary, and and, and Joseph with his angel. And so they had to live with the stigma. And, And we do it to this day. We It's just human nature. They had to be okay with submitting to living with the stigma that came with this situation. And I've taken too much time to get here. But this right here is where I want to preach to somebody. That God is messing. And God is rearranging your plans. And you don't know what to do. You don't know how to respond. And you're at the very place where Joseph was when the angel comes as he is thinking on these things. But I've come to remind somebody on a Wednesday night that God knows right where you are. God sees your fears. God sees your worries. He sees you consumed with the pressure of the unknown He sees you consumed. God, how is this going to play out? God, what am I going to do? This is out of the norm. This is bizarre. But when God starts messing with your plans, and I say that loosely because God's in control of the universe. It's all His. But when God starts messing with your plans, He already knows you can handle what He's asking you to do. Mary and Joseph had to be able to handle what went along with God changing their plans. God knows that if he can rearrange our plans, he can trust us with his will. I can imagine, as some of us have done in times gone by, deep, powerful moves of God that happened like we had here Sunday afternoon. Mary and Joseph... Laying prostrate in an altar somewhere, saying, God, if you can use anything, use me. God, I give you my life. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you every breath, every moment. It's all yours. God, do something with me. God, use me in a mighty way. But never in their wildest dreams could they have imagined what God would actually do with them young person that desires God to use you, you better be careful what you pray because he just might take you up on that offer. He just might require something of you that he won't require of anybody else because God sees your heart. God knows before he puts it on you that you can handle it. He's putting on you. We often dream of God doing this, this, and this. God, take my life. God, take me here. God, do this with my life. God, I give it all to you. And then when God starts messing with our plans, He takes us to places we never could have dreamed, never could have imagined. But with the mess and with the rearranging of plans comes a frustration and a pressure that not everyone can handle. I'm going to say that again. With the mess and the rearranging of our plans comes a frustration and a pressure that not everyone can handle. But remember, God sees you right where you are. And God knows that when I start messing with their plans I can trust them with how they'll respond to what I'm asking them to do. And I've come with a word for somebody tonight that's in the middle of God messing with your plans. Hold on. Don't you dare give up. You've come too far to give up now.
1: God's got something for your life. God's got something for ARC that if we could
0: see the end from the beginning, it would blow our mind. See, what's interesting about the plan of God, if God always told us what he was going to do with us, there would be no need for faith and trust. When God tells Abraham to take his only son Isaac and offer him as a sacrifice, but but God, this isn't part of the plan we talked about. How in the world, this is the promise, this is my promise you gave me of a great nation, and now you want me to kill him. Abraham, you're going through the ultimate test of faith when God's messing with your plans. The ultimate test of faith. And I believe in planning. I believe we should plan. I believe we should. Somebody, there's a statement that says, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. But it's right. The Bible talks about decency and order and being a good steward. We got a plan. But when God starts messing with our plans, We've got to be willing to say, God, this isn't, I don't know what you're doing. I don't have a clue with what you're doing with my life, but God, I committed, I gave my life to you, and I'm still, take my life, God, take my hands, take my feet, God, take me wherever you want to go, no matter what that means. Abraham passed the test because he was willing to allow God to mess with his plans. The cool thing is about the Bible is we can read the story, and we can know the end of the story. But poor brother Abraham had to walk it step by step, moment by moment. And what's interesting, Mount Moriah literally means the place where God will provide. Abraham, don't give up and stop short. Because when God's messing with your plans, He's taking you to a place where He'll provide for you. When things look bleak and when things look hopeless, and God, I'm, I'm taking my promise. Of a future. I'm taking my destiny. And I'm going to give it back to you. What are we going to do from here? Where do we go from here? But every time God takes you. And God messes with your plans. He'll lead you right to the place. Where he can provide. God messed with the very thing. That consumed Abraham's life. To see if Abraham was submitted. The Bible says that God did tempt Abraham. He didn't tempt him with sin. But he. And that word means test. God did test Abraham. And sometimes in this journey of life and God rearranging our plans, he'll even give us a name change. Genesis chapter 17 verse 5. Neither shall thy name anymore be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. Genesis seventeen fifteen. And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, Thou shalt not call her name Sarai, But Sarah shall her name be. Genesis 32, 28. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, But Israel. For as a prince, Thou hast power with God and with men, And hast prevailed. Sometimes when God messes with our plans, he will turn our world upside down. And pretty soon you get, to the, you, you get in the middle of it and God's sending you somewhere else. God's taking you to another place. But remember, when you submit to the plan of God and the will of God, you are submitting yourself to something that you can no longer control. Yes, you have the ability to buck up against the process and destroy the plan of God. But when you're sold out lock, stock and barrel and you're a vessel that's willing and you say, God, take my life and do whatever you want with it. God just might uproot you and take you somewhere else. Genesis 12, one. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of that country and from that kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. God, why don't you just tell me right now? He had to start on the journey before he knew where he was going. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight. Maybe, maybe, just maybe I'm preaching to just myself. But I've come to tell somebody that just because God is messing with your plans and you can't explain it and you don't know how it's going to all unfold and you you don't know what God is doing, See, God sees the end from the beginning. We don't. We just got to trust every step of the way. Don't forget that God knows right where you are. And he's trusting you, Brother Jonathan, with something that he can't just trust anybody. What God is requiring of each and every one of us, wherever we're at in our life, God knows. Scripture says he'll never put more on you than you can bear. Stand with me all over the house. Brother Brinson, let's... Let's do the song, Lord, I give you my heart for altar. But God is entrusting you with something that he can't trust just anybody with. And maybe you're here tonight and the Holy Ghost has impregnated you with a specific purpose that not everybody's going to understand. Maybe you don't even understand it. But you know, I'm, I'm carrying something in me. I, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I've got this thing on me and in me. And I know it's from the Holy Ghost. And I know I've got a word from God. Not everybody will believe in you and your dream. Mary, they're going to talk and point their fingers at you for being great with child while you're engaged. Really? not even married and if you study all of that out there's great ramifications that come with that but when God messes with your plans he knows what he's asking you to do that you can handle everything that comes along with him rearranging your plans there will be those hear me tonight there will be those that will be jealous and envious and hateful Because of the purpose God has put in you and on your life. But remember, how you handle God messing with your plans could mean your salvation and the salvation of those around you by the way you respond to what God's asking of you. Don't be distracted by the noise and the chatter. That comes along with God messing with your plans. I believe that there are some in this house. And you're ready to bust at the seams with purpose from the Holy Ghost. But God wants to know. Can I mess with your plans? Can I rearrange your plans? Mary I know you've got this little wedding you're working on. But I've got something far greater than you could ever imagine. But i got to know, are you willing to let me mess with your plans and get you to the destiny and the purpose that I've got for you? See, God knows the end from the beginning. We don't. And when God knows the end from the beginning, He says every step of the way. He sees every fall we make. He sees every lie we tell. He sees every dirty, shady thing we do. And we see it, and we know it. So when God starts telling us, he's got great things for us, I've got plans, I've got dreams, I've got destinies for you. All we can do is go down memory lane of our mistakes, our failures, and our inadequacies, and our fears, and our anxieties. God says, I don't think about you the way you think about me. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you saith the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end one translation one translation says it like this to give you a future of hope and peace so when the Holy Ghost comes by and starts putting purpose on your life and we start backing away saying, No, I can't. No, we got to respond like Mary be it unto me according to thy word. And God sent me tonight to remind somebody he knows right where you are. He knows your fears. He knows your thoughts. He knows your anxieties. He knows your frustrations. But he's got a plan that is far greater than you could ever imagine. What is being birthed in you? What is being birthed in your life? This valley can't contain it. This church can't contain it.
1: God is doing something that he's never done before. As we
0: open these altars, I want those that know beyond the shadow of a doubt that destiny is on your life, that there is great purpose, there's great anointing, but you don't know how it's all going to pan out. Come and say, God, I've given you what I've got. i
1: am given you my weakness, my inadequacies, my failures, my fears. God, I place them in your hands. I give it to you so you can do something. Come on, make this your prayer. I live. you my counsel i give you my anxieties take it god do something with it god i'm gonna allow you i'm gonna allow you to hold me i'm gonna allow you to rearrange my plans take me where you want me to go god cause me to do everything you've got for me cause me to be everything you want me to be Inside and out, but I give it all. I give it all to You. Every breath I take, every moment I'm awake. My prayer is, Lord. Come on, somebody. You don't know how it's all gonna end up. You don't know how it's all gonna work out. God, what are you doing? Give him your disappointments. Come on, the Holy Ghost is doing a work. Not only he can do, the Holy Ghost is doing something in your life that he's never done before. Mary, it's okay to ponder these things, but somewhere you gotta get your hands off and say, God, do it. see any good in me but God your thoughts are higher than mine God your ways are higher than mine I give it- Even when I don't feel it, I know you're doing it. God, you've got this thing. God, you've got me. God, you've got this church. God, you've got this city. And you've got plans greater than we could ever dream. You've got destinies. You've got revivals. You've got souls. Come on, they're gonna come. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. All the all the dreams of this valley, all the dreams of this city, they will come to pass. Have you come on, somebody, tap into something you've never tapped into. Get a hold of something that's going to carry you through the unknown. Get a hold of something that will carry you through the dark nights. When life's a mess, all you have is a word. All you can go back to is a word. I give Just us